0: All right, at this time, we're going to have our first message brought to us by one of the British guys, Mr. Mark McGarvey, our Independence Day. Thank you, Matt. My accent is stronger than his, so mine stands out a bit bit more obvious. (laughs) Been here 19 years now, still can't lose it. So, this weekend, we, uh, we celebrate July 4th, and that's technically tomorrow, uh, our Independence Day in the United States of America. Probably my favorite uh, American holiday, along with Thanksgiving, I think, there's the kind of tide. Um, but it's a, a day of understanding who we are as American citizens, uh, where we came from, and where we're going. It's also a way for us to see that we live in the greatest and freest country in the history of the world. We are Americans and we're proud of it. But, you know, another Independence Day is coming. Our true Independence Day will be the day Jesus Christ returns and sets the world free from the worst oppressor of all time, Satan the devil. When Christ returns in all his glory, with the world watching in amazement, he will liberate us from our bondage And then we can all work together to rebuild this planet in the glorious kingdom of God. But there's another aspect that is just as important in the sense that we have the greatest citizenship in the world right now. But that pales in comparison when we attain our heavenly citizenship at Christ's return. As the Apostle Paul says in Philippians 3.20, our citizenship is in heaven where we will be transformed from our lowly bodies to awesome spirit beings at Christ's return. So, my story of becoming a U.S. citizen, because I am a U.S. citizen, Um, I met my wife, Darla, at at summer camp in England, or Scotland, technically, 1996. And we got married over here, 2001, July 7th, which is just a couple of days away, our 20th anniversary. And, uh, by the way, that day of our wedding, it was 102 plus humidity. We had an outside wedding. (coughs) Not very smart, right? And uh, I was dressed in my tuxedo. She was wearing her dress. We had a big industrial fan behind us, behind the gazebo. And all it was doing was blowing hot air around everywhere. So uh, my family couldn't believe it. Um, But there you go. That's that's Oklahoma in July. But, um, you know, so after we got married that first year, we went back to England for a year. And the year was all she could do. That was enough. Had to come back. But, of course, that first year of our marriage, 2001 through 2002, 9-11 happened. And that really slowed the process down of of people coming over here because they they change everything. So um, I got my my green card and all the rest of it, as Matt will know about all that, that whole process. Um, And uh, we moved over here August the 1st, 2002. And uh, and what you have to do with the green card is every three years you have to go back down to Oklahoma City or wherever you're nearest. Citizen uh, or um, place that you can get that stuff renewed. And that's what I did for the first couple of times. Um, then 2009, on April 15th, I became a U.S. citizen. And we had a service down in Oklahoma City at that same uh, building down there. Um, so for the last, you know, 12 years, I've been a U.S. citizen. And, you know, for me, it was a big, big decision to emigrate here and move here, but I'm very glad I did, because this is, like I said, the greatest country in the world, and the best place to raise my kids, Um, and both my teenage children are at school in Sepulpa. My daughter is here today, she's in the class right now, but, um, no, as, as as an immigrant who came here legally and did it the right way, we we feel very strongly about attaining our citizenship the correct way. It costs a lot of money, thousands of dollars. It took a lot of time, thorough background checks, as Matt will know, to attain to that, Um, a ton of paperwork. Maybe someday that will all be on computer, but 2001, 2002, was paperwork. And it makes you all the more appreciative of coming to this country. And uh, I'm thankful that God blessed me to be able to do that. And uh, as a little side note, I remember, I may have mentioned this in another message a few years ago, but my brother Dan, I remember, I've always loved America since I was a kid anyway, and watched the American movies and watched American TV shows like Knight Rider and Dukes of Hazzard. Um, Loved those shows. And then, uh, but I remember when I was about 10 or 11, we were playing, and he reminded me of this on my wedding day, that I said, one day I'm going to go and live in America and drive a Mack truck. And... (laughs) Because I loved cars and trucks when I was a kid. And I am a truck driver. And there was a spell there 10 years ago where I drove a tanker truck for six months. And it was a Mack truck. So my dream would come finally come true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I drive a Volvo truck now, which is a nice uh, Scandinavian truck. But uh, yeah, yeah, so here I am. And here we go. Now, actually, it's, it's interesting. Yesterday, I, I saw a news or I heard on the radio at work about um, a citizenship... Um, Class or thing they'd have, ceremony they'd had, I think it was in Oklahoma, and they briefly spoke to uh, a lady from Iran. And I remember she mentioned this statement. She loved the fact that she was here the, the, the government, the people, the freedom. Now, a lot of people can debate about the government part of it right now, but um, I thought that was an interesting way of putting it the government, the people, the freedom. And especially for someone coming from Iran, I bet that freedom really is precious, you know. So, um, so like I said, I'm glad to be here. I've been here 19 years now, and uh, I'll probably be here for many, many more. So 400 years ago, when the, the pilgrims started landing here by the, by the boatload, some of them were escaping religious persecution in Europe. Uh, Queen Elizabeth I uh, would have people put in prison if they did not belong to the Church of England back then. And in the rest of Europe, it was the same story with Catholicism, for the the Spanish, the French, the Germans, and so on. Until the uh, Reformation, when most of the Germans became uh, Lutherans. Um, The pilgrims wanted somewhere where they could start over without worrying about the king or a big government telling them how they should or should not worship, of course. The quest for freedom and liberty in America led to the founding fathers coming together to write the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. And I believe God inspired the writing of the Declaration and the Constitution because he brought these incredible, intelligent men together, at that time brilliant men like Benjamin Franklin, Thomas Jefferson, John Adams, um, Patrick Henry. James Madison was there as a younger man. Alexander Hamilton would come along. And, of course, the, the great leader, George Washington, of course, the general. So those, and those 56 signers of the Declaration of Independence knew they were signing their own death warrants by doing that. They would be hung. Treason. But they believed that the time had come to make a stand against a tyrannical king, and they had to form a country independent from Great Britain. And Samuel Adams said it well, John Adams, his older cousin, three years before the Revolution, so I guess about 1772, um, began when he said, quote, If men, through fear, fraud, or mistake, should in terms renounce or give up any natural right, the eternal law of reason and the grand end of society would absolutely vacate such renunciation the right to freedom being a gift of almighty God, it is not in the power of man to alienate this gift and voluntarily become a slave. Very, very true. And John Quincy Adams, John Adams' son, who would also become president one day, he once said, quote, the highest glory of the American Revolution was this. It connected in one indissoluble bond, the principles of civil government with the principles of Christianity." I like that quote, end quote. So the principles that they set out with, at that time, or at the start, were good ones. Most of the leaders in government at that time were Christians. And not not Christians that wore on their sleeves, they were church-going Christians that believed in these ideals and principles. And I think they tried and believed in what they were doing. They truly did. As many of them have, it's been written down in the annals of history. And there's another interesting quote by Lincoln, who called the founders the Towers of Liberty, many years later. So, and I think the same could be said of us. We know we're not perfect. We all have our, our faults, but we're trying to be better people. Good Christian people who are striving to live a Christ-centered lifestyle. And I believe Jesus Christ will will return, and I pray that day is soon. So, in a way, we have a constitution now, though. The Holy Bible, our guide, our directive on how we should lead our lives. As well as showing us by the words of Jesus and his disciples what lies ahead in the kingdom, in his government. And our system right now here in America is the best that man can do, I think, on earth in the sense of um, a government and how a people should be free and try to do the best we can. So let's turn to uh, my first scripture today. Let's go to the book of Isaiah, chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. And this is one that we read at the Feast of Tabernacles every year in the Holy Days because it's, it's, it's that kind of has that kind of feel about it. But let's read Isaiah, chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. There you go. Okay, verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice. From that time forward, even forever, The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. And this is what we can look forward to. A government run by God himself. Perfect, you know. Um, It will be perfect because he is perfect. And everything he says and does and touches is perfect. And therefore we will become citizens of the kingdom of God. A beautiful and glorious future awaits us. We can all work together as bros, brothers and sisters with Jesus Christ at that time himself. And he will be there as our older brother brother, to help rebuild the world because it will be destroyed after the tribulation and the end times. Um, rebuild the world and teach its inhabitants the true word of God. But our independence can be looked at in two ways. One, we're baptized, and being baptized with the Holy Spirit will help us fight the shackles that this world wants to put us in now. And secondly, secondly, when Christ returns and we become spirit beings, we, we then shed this physical body with all its frailties and weaknesses and attain both our spiritual and physical independence from this world. And when I read about American history, you know, the revolution, and by the way, when I, when I did, you know, back when I became a citizen before that, you know, I started studying, getting more into American history, because growing up in the British schools, you, you, you are taught, but of course, as Matt knows, they lost that one. So, let's not talk about that one too much, right? Um, So, I I knew the basics 1776, American Revolution, uh, you know, George Washington, but I didn't know that much about it. Um, I think I knew more about the Civil War than I did the American Revolution, but um, so I started reading books myself and, and, you know, researching history and read a ton of books about everything to do with it. Um, And because of that, my favorite American historical character is George Washington for what he did, both his. his natural leadership he had um, of being the general for the Continental Army and then becoming the obvious choice for the first president of the United States. And what an example he made then for future presidents to serve two terms and then voluntarily step down. Because they wanted him to be king. They wanted him to be emperor. And he said, no, no. We just fought a king, a tyrannical king. We're not going to go down the same road, people. Let's do this this way. This is going to be the best way to go. Um, So a great man, I think but the founder of the country, it's so obvious to see how God was making it all happen. Um, The founders knew it too. In George Washington's inaugural speech in 1789, he said, quote, No people can be bound to acknowledge and adore the invisible hand which conducts the affairs of men more than the people of the United States. Every step by which they have advanced to the character of an independent nation seems to have been distinguished by some token of providential agency, End quote. And so, as Americans, we're essentially good people, aren't we? When a catastrophe happens somewhere in the world, a tsunami, um, a typhoon, an earthquake, who is it that sends the most money, the most aid to those people? America, it always is. America's top of the list. Always has been, always will be. And a poll was taken a few years ago, um, I think it's about five years ago, where it, it asked people, um, church attendance, and 50% of Americans attend church on Sundays. Uh, but over in Britain, where I came from, it's only 9%. And I remember that <clears throat> the last few years before I left Britain, how Christianity really was going downhill. Um, you have these hundreds of massive, cathedrals over there, Westminster Abbey, St. Paul's, and on a Sunday, you'll have, you know, 20 or 30 people in these massive buildings, so, and that was, that was 18 years ago, so it's, it's a shame, but, um, okay, it's Sunday, but it, it, it's, it still says something. So, this weekend, as we think about our freedom and this great country we live in, we can be thankful that we can gather together as a church and worship and praise God with our freedom and um, you know, the First Amendment. But we must also pray that thy kingdom come, for Christ to return and set up his awesome government and kingdom. Again, Christ gives us that independence, that freedom. So let's turn to a couple of scriptures here, just to go over that and uh, kind of conclude here. Uh, let's just briefly go to the um, book of John, chapter 8, verse 36, briefly. John, chapter 8, verse 36, where Christ said, um, Therefore, if the Son of Man makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Let's go over to 1st Peter chapter 2 verses 15 and 16. 1st Peter 2 verses 15 and 16. For this is the will of God that by doing good you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men as free, yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice, but as bondservants of God. Freedom in Christ must be used wisely. Here's our example, the greatest example. And I'm going to conclude with the uh, book of Galatians, chapter 5 and verse 1. And the New King James Version, uh, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty, by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with the yoke or bondage. And um, I also wanted to pull up the uh, New International Version, because it has a, um, a more modern language way of saying it. Uh, Galatians 5.1, the NIV. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm, then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Now, I know <clears throat> Paul was using this in a different context um, to how I'm using it today. But the overall message is the same. Jesus Christ is our God and our King, and he gives us liberty. He gives us liberty now, and he has promised eternal freedom in the future. And That's the greatest gift of all. Is that eternal salvation we attain in the kingdom. And, you know, one day, we will live in a world of peace, um, beauty, and freedom. We have the kingdom of God to look forward to, um, to work toward, and to pray for. And like I said earlier, you know, I continually pray, thy kingdom come. But it is also, it is also good um, to look at this great country of ours now. The divine hand of providence has been guiding us since its formation 245 years ago, since that great day of July 4th, 1776. And yes, we've had our ups and downs, the good times and the bad times in this country, but, uh, you know, I for one will gladly say, God bless America. I love this country, I always will, and uh, I pray that... Uh, We can just celebrate today and have a good weekend and, you know, think about July 4th.